0: Welcome to Let's Talk About Sex with me, Stephanie Smith, the podcast that's about to make your ears blush. Hello and welcome back to the Gelfast Today, I'm here with Skye Defoe and we are going to talk about libidos. And Skye says, women, it's not your fault. All right, we'll stay tuned.
1: <clears throat> I love the um inflatable penis.
0: Oh yes, this is um it actually I, I use it as a punching bag at times. <laughs> it's a punching bag. I, I play with it. It's a floaty. Yeah,
1: penises are fun no matter what form they take. People Their in the complex so don't
0: like it much, but it's okay. Remember you well, said they don't like it. Oh, it's You want it's people too, in the pool They're a little bit more prudish as you were talking about the other day. But, you know, everyone loves penis, right? They do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. And it's so true. And we really have to talk about this because as I was telling you about this whole libido thing that's been coming up about, you you know, everyone's talking about libidos. But one thing that you brought up that not really many people are talking about is what happens after you cohabitate. So I want you to talk about, you had this whole thing that you went on. So I'm going to let you take it over from here. Okay.
1: I mean, well, you know, look, I mean, it it happened in my second marriage. We were super sexually active during the first two and a half years and like two, three times a day. And, um, and you know, I guess that's, I mean, to me, that's like my level When I'm with someone who's, you know, my match, because I guess that people would consider that a a hypersexual level, but that's just like, it doesn't matter. It's just what I was comfortable with. And then suddenly it dropped away to like two or three times a week, which I guess, which would be normal for a lot of people, but seemed like super, super low to me, you know? A week? A week. Yeah.
0: Oh, gosh.
1: So, I mean, when you're going from like 21 (laughs) week to, to three times a week, that's a huge... That's a huge difference. And so it's it's very noticeable, you know, and I'd be laying in bed with a beautiful erection, you know, at night, beautiful erection, everything's there. And it's like no interest. I'd be like, this is so strange. I couldn't understand it.
0: Not only a beautiful woman laying next to you, right? Who has a beautiful body. Mm -hmm. So it's very temptational. I mean, you're, you know, you're tempted. Well, I'm wondering okay. why she, I was wondering why she
1: was not tempted. I'm a beautiful man with a hard penis, you know. And what, what's what's the problem? And so, yeah. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a jealous person. I never really had jealousy issues, but you know, things t- like it's it was it made my mind sick. You know, I started imagining her, you know, uh, flirting with other men on her way to work, and you know, and I did. I dug into it, and I found out that yes, in fact, she was. There was like a guy at work. She heard him say something like uh, "anaconda" in a break room, and like for some reason, she just decided, "Wow, he has a really big penis," you know. And like, and so, you know, and I'm not even sure what it was in reference to. I think he was making a joke about a code name for a business that they might be buying or something. Um, but anyway, it, like, it got her, and so she was interested in this, like, you know, I don't like associate who was in his mid twenties and, you know, and with him and fascinated by him. And, uh and so I, you know, I did, I got, I, I was able to dig in and found out that yes, in fact, she does have lots <clears throat> of energy and interest. It just wasn't directed at me, you know? And so, you know, that confirmed my suspicions. It didn't make me spiral into some sort of like jealous rage where I was stalking her or something, but it really did hurt me, you know, just because like, why was I, why am I suddenly not, the object of your sexual attention anymore. You still have lots of sex drive, but it's just not for me. Um, You know, I was in fantastic shape. I'm a good looking guy, have a nice penis. We had had amazing sex the whole time. So, you know, sexually, (laughs) you know, I definitely performed, made her happy. And I just didn't understand why it suddenly stopped. It didn't make any sense to me. And so, so-
0: Hold on a second. Let me ask you some questions from here. How many years okay. did you court?
1: Court before, before we you were married? married? Yes. Oh, <clears throat> I think that we got engaged five months after we met, and married nine months after we met. Okay.
0: And um, did she change her physical appearance and all of that after you did get married? Did she? Did she change?
1: Yeah, she well, it? I mean, we, she got in better and better shape. Yeah,
0: like. But- Oh, better sure. and better shape.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like she was much, she got much more attractive the longer we were together, you know, cause we were, we well, got she was also working with you. Yeah. We got super fit and, you know, she yeah. was on the program. We we're going to the gym all the time. And, you know, I, you know, we, we didn't drink for seven years. And so I got sweet, you know, we were both super lean and, and buff and tan and beautiful. And so all that was going on and, you know, her wardrobe improved and the amount of money she had to spend on herself you know increased so you know <clears throat> she up new veneers for her teeth so her teeth were beautiful and oh wow and then redid her boob job because it wasn't great and her boobs were bigger and better shaped you know oh, so shit. she got that you know i think she even got <laughs> like she got some others plastic surgery got her nose fixed and a brow lift so yeah i mean um if you look at if you look at the pictures of her you know, right around the time that we got divorced, which was like eight years after we got together, and compare it to the pictures of her from eight years prior, she's much more, attra- much, much more attractive. Yeah. Yeah. Eight years in.
0: So. Um. Just out of curiosity, um, that's a lot of money to spend. Yeah. A lot of money. Mm-hmm. Do you have a lot of bitterness about that money? No. Just out of curiosity.
1: No. Oh, not at okay. All. I mean, it's not like those are my tits, like those are hers. You know, those are her. Yeah. Right. I think that it's wrong when men um, invest, you know, I guess, shared resources, you know, and and they make the decision to go ahead and enhance their wife and then they feel bitter about it afterward. I'm like, well, you guys made that decision together it's her body. Just because you're not together anymore doesn't mean that you have ownership over any of those enhancements. And you need to be really clear about that when you go in. I mean, it's, I think that it's a a very problematic point of view that men have that has to do with ownership. And I never really, I don't, I don't, I don't buy into the, ownership idea like some people think it's really sexy if a man acts like he owns you or he gets jealous or he's very possessive
0: no i just
1: just think that it means that he has poor confidence and it doesn't indicate anything other than you know uh you know an unhealthy ego right Hmm. i don't think it's sexy i'm sorry
0: no uh, i i just i'm great i just had to ask you that um And I know I didn't tell you anything about my own personal experience, but just to say on a side note, I, um, my ex is horribly upset that I had, he spent money on me and throws that consistently and hope I'm grateful that it, you know, so I think it's, I just, I'm glad I didn't even say anything to you to change your mind and you just automatically said it. It's like, I think it'll validate some other females that feel the same. You know what I mean? That's all. I think that was nice that you did that. Yeah. Um, but I just was wondering, from your perspective, with her. Now, back to the libido. So, a year you're in. You know, you got engaged, married. Um, you're with each other eight years. How many years in did she stop?
1: Two and a half. Two and a half. I mean, the so libido. Two and really- a half. It felt very sudden because, I mean, it started, I mean, it, of course it declined, but it wasn't over a long period of time. Like it was within the course of like a few months and she wasn't suffering from depression. We weren't broke. We weren't under an enormous amount of, of stress that was different than any other time. You know, our life was relatively comfortable. So there there weren't any external factors. I wasn't cheating. There wasn't like fights going on that were, you know, anything different than it than had been going on before. So there wasn't some sort of interpersonal issue, and before, I mean, honestly, like often when we would fight, we would just increase our sex drive, you know, because you release all this dopamine, you know, you know, it'd be like mm-hmm. our 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 mode would be That's, fight, fuck, um, fight, fuck, like you know, it's it's unhealthy, but that, it's
0: it, Do you think that that came became a cycle just so you could fuck? No,
1: no, okay. I, I think that I mean she's like we talked about before she's not she she wasn't a mentally healthy person um right. he isn't a mentally healthy person and so the fighting was never really anything that i think sane people would consider a substantive disagreement it was always like her accusing me of exchanging energy with random women oftentimes women that i wouldn't even notice um so it was purely some sort of i think you know when i looked into it i i found something called um morbid jealousy, right, which, it, it, you know, really comes from feeling a, a person who's, who, who has very low self-esteem deep inside. They don't have a strong sense of self and identity. And so they become hyper vigilant and possessive and paranoid. Um, I, I guess there's a certain level, you know, and I, I debate this, but uh, according to some people, there's a certain level of healthy jealousy, I would I wouldn't call it jealousy. I would call it simply mate protection, which is to say, we're together, and yeah, there are limits there and boundaries to you know yeah, there like are limits and boundaries like I don't want you <laughs> like shaking your tits and your ass for other guys in my face. Like mm-hmm. to me, I, I love a woman who's confident and flirtatious. I'm confident, and flirtatious, and it doesn't really mean anything because we're going home together. You know, and flirtation is just part of life and it's fun. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel mm-hmm. like she's humiliating me unless it's worth, you know, it, there's limits, of course. But I would right. say there's, I would say jealousy is something that's different. It's like a sickness of the soul than healthy mate protection and boundary setting.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. That sounds really nice. I like that.
1: Yeah. Very and true. It's just a basic level of, hey, we're together it doesn't mean I own you. It's not, it's not that kind of sick possessiveness that some right. guys where they try to brand, you know, they try to like control their female. You know? Yeah. Where are you going asking for reporting all the time? Like you have to, what are you wearing? Yeah. Like, I mean, I understand there are certain, there are certain women and the behaviors that certain women have, which render them to be, to be very poor partners, right? Like, you know, it's like, well, look, if you really enjoy that being chased by men and, 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 and making yourself seem like you're available, then why don't you go make yourself available and we can end our relationship? Like, if that's where your happy place is, maybe you don't, maybe you 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 should just be single and that's fine, but don't pretend to be in a relationship with me while you're out, out there acting like a single woman. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very different mindset. You know, and so I think that that creates jealousy, but really a man shouldn't be jealous. He should just end the relationship because he, he should recognize, I don't need this. If you're going to act that way, you're crossing mm-hmm. the boundary and you're acting like you're single.
0: Okay. Yeah. Then, then be single. He's single. Yeah, yeah
1: exactly.
0: There's, you know. Right. 100%. There's no need no for fireworks
1: and theatrics and drama. It's just like, as the... As, as, a, as a healthy person, you just need to say, this person is crossing boundaries. And if they can't rein it in, then I'm out of here.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, all right, let's go back on to the libido. So it happened over a period of six months, but yeah. it's because she was getting some attention from people at work.
1: I think that she replaced... I mean, I really think it was just that her desire, her actual desire for me, and a lot of people would think that it has something to do with other factors, right? That's why I'm trying to eliminate them in this conversation. Like what? Oh, you got fat, you smell bad, we're fighting, you know, you're cheating on me, we're broke, I'm stressed out, like I'm having hormonal issues. There's all kinds of, like, I guess, reasons why you know, a sex life could have challenges and libido could 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 be reduced. Um, of course. And I think it's important for the purpose of this conversation to clear out all of those straw men, right? Yes, yeah. It, especially in this case, we're, we're talking about something anecdotal. So it's in my case and that's fine because it's a personal story, but like, um, I just want to eliminate all those straw men. I was right. super, I have a nice penis. It was nice and hard you know, we weren't fighting. I take showers regularly. I was, you know, providing for her in the ways a man should provide for her, you know? And so it wasn't, and and she wasn't using sex as a, as a weapon or as leverage. You do this for me, I'll give you sex. Like those kind of
0: just
1: that happened, like none of that was going on. There was a, <sighs> there was a match in terms of our, our sex drive. Right. So again, there's another reason, right? Sometimes someone might be hypersexual. Another person might be relatively asexual, and so mm-hmm. oh, going to be a serious sexual problem there from the beginning, but that's that's not what it was. We were a match, right. everything was great. the sex was good. So what happened? <laughs> what happened? What happened? <laughs> what happened is what happens to women? I mean, and this is, this is the, this is every the, woman every woman this is this every is the, woman. This is the very hard truth. I want our viewers. To understand, which is when you look into the research, not, I'm not talking about conventional wisdom, urban legend, oh, men, they have to chase lots of women, you know, they're boys, they want to spread their seed around, they want to sow their wild oats. In actual fact, women have a greater need for variety than men do. And, and I believe that wholeheartedly. Um, uh, you know, I think that a lot of men, they get dissatisfied in their sex life because their wife doesn't want to sleep with them anymore. And then they cheat on their wife because they want sex. Right. It's, but, but a lot of the guys that I know that were cheaters, even serial cheaters, but they really wanted was more sex with their wife, you know? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and I, and I agree a lot of men really are, you know, dogs, but, at the same time, <laughs> you know, they uh, dogs are loyal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Well, no. we used to have way back when, and you're the one who said it. We used to have communal sex, multiple men taking care of. There were everyone had sex together, I meaning in a commu- in a, in communal properties, and you know, it wasn't until there became jealousy later on that the male became possessed. You were the one who said this, so you can speak better about this.
1: Well, I think it goes back to, um, well, I mean, yeah, so there's a, there's a survival element to this, right? You know, I, I mean, th- there's a lot of things that come out of looking at things from a, a what I would call an anthropological point of view, like mm-hmm. – you know, for example, um, all this debate that's raging about what you should eat, what's the uh, optimal diet for a human? Well, to me, it's obvious it's paleo, right? We were, that's what our bodies are designed for. Our bodies are designed for high protein, high vegetable, low carbohydrate diet, you know, because we were hunter gatherers for, for more than 200,000 years in our current form before the <laughs> advent of agriculture. And so carbohydrates were hard to find. You find nuts and berries and some fruit, but we lived on protein and, and tubers and other things that, you know, getting, getting the food out of them wasn't, you know, it wasn't a sugar bomb. Right. Anyway, you know, just, um, so looking at how humans were for 200,000 years, you know, we moved in groups of about 30 people, you know, men went off to hunt, women stayed back, and so what happens? Sometimes the men don't come back. They either go on a, to a war party or they get killed on the hunt. They, you know, like they might break their leg or get hurt and they might not make it back. And so, you know, women would forge strong bonds with other women, sex, which, in, which in, to me, this is the reason why 80% of the women, 80% of women are bisexual, right? Because sex creates intimate bonds right? And so women would have sex with each other while the men were gone, right? Um, Makes sense. And, and, you know, the survival reason for that is because the men might not come back. And then you have to rely on the, you know, another woman's man for meat. You may have to rely on another woman, you know, you know, to help take care of your children, and,
0: and of course- to make more children, because the whole goal was to bring more children into the world, right? right so she
1: might share her man with you because your man killed, <clears throat> right? Um, you might all share the same bed, um, and it, it, none, of, none of it would have seemed strange to ancient humans at all. Like I'm, I'm absolutely positive no. this kind of sexual social arrangement was arrangement was everywhere,
0: because everywhere
1: because it, it's necessary for survival, right? Yep. The survival of the species requires, you know, that. Yep that women whose men are killed have to have some kind of way of sustaining themselves after, you know, and so they get, and they also need to have sex. And so you you don't just like have this woman who's got no man just sitting there as a widower, as a widow wearing black, being celibate. That's just, that would never, that, that, that wouldn't work. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So yeah. Um, of course there were, You know, that's why you had, you know, that's why to humans, it seems so much more normal and acceptable for a menage a trois with two women and a man, right? It's not because of some sort of social programming and masculine patriarchy. Those are all ideas. The reality is just, this is how we were, this is how we were, you know, working things out for 200,000 years, you know?
0: Thank you. And that's why it feels so comfortable for some and very natural. And for others, it's not because of other things that have come in society, cultural, yeah, ideas. religion. Yeah, it's,
1: it's, but you know, the reality is like if you ever have a if you ever have a menage a trois, like with two women and a man, it's a very comfortable situation. Women get to have it on with each other; they're comfy. There's nothing that it's not what people think because it's really not all about the man. They imagine there's two women serving the man, servicing him. <laughs> He's like, I'm lording it over these two women. That's no. Not it at all. It's not no. how it goes. So um, anyway, um, back to this decline.
0: In fact, I've there's heard, it. It. is anything going to happen to me? Do <laughs> I get any action? You know, the girls are going at it and there's no action going on with the guy. He's like, do I get anything in this? Now, what, what, no.
1: I mean, the, the girls would be like, you're privileged just to be here watching be here
0: to watch. Watch, <laughs> each
1: other. <laughs> We'll invite, Sorry, you, in. We'll invite true. you in when we're ready. Don't force your way in. That's very rude.
0: Exactly, right? <laughs> Don't
1: spoil our party.
0: When you're asked, you can come in. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I
1: mean, and I think it's great. I mean, honestly, before we move on to the libido issue, I think it's great because like, so women, and and this is true from research, okay? Like I'm not just saying shit because it sounds good or, you know, I want to try. Oh, to I make, get, yes. I mean, there's been uh, scientific studies where they looked at pupil dilation in, in men and women who are shown pictures, sexually explicit pictures of both sexes. And they looked at heart rate, pulse, any, all the indicators of sexual attraction. And so whether women, uh, it didn't matter if they self-identified or not, they're just looking at how your, how your body physically responds to sexually, to pictures of sexually attractive women. And 80% of women had, had a strong sexual response, you know? Yeah. And and 10% of women had a strong sexual response to just women. So it's like 10% of women are gay. 80% of women are bi. And then there's that poor 10%. I really feel sorry for them who only yeah. like men.
0: But that, yeah. Oh, wow. Poor girls. And <laughs> yeah. Because you so not on all that the fun. Been, yeah, none at all. Is that mainly... Those are are they? Did that is that like religion category over there?
1: No, it's no, it's not. It's again, it's not based on your beliefs. I mean, you can have a woman who's been grown up in Christian culture and she she believes that say, you know that homosexuality or you know being interested in a woman is absolutely wrong, but she will still have a physical response that shows she's sexually attracted to women. Love it, despite all of the programming. So she and not, only ten, right? but
0: amazing, yeah,
1: yeah. But I do feel sorry for those ten percent of women who are hetero.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
1: And all the fun there's a big party out there, girls. You're missing out.
0: <laughs> missing out big time. Oh yeah.
1: But I'm um, back to this cohabitating thing, and and I would love to. I don't have any theory as to why, like any anthropological hunter gatherer theory for why the cohabitation. Well, it, I do have a primate theory. Okay, so one thing we know about all primates is that women regularly engage in cuckolding behavior. Cuckolding oh, okay, behavior- now
0: can you, what, what is that though? Explain cuckolding what is-
1: outside of the kind of specialization idea of it. Cuckolding in, in mammals just means that the female has a, is pair bonded with a male. And when that male isn't around, she will, she will, Copulate with other males, right, and then she'll return to the pair-bonded male she's with, and that male will raise all the children, all the all the babies, regardless of who the father is. Um, and look, this is just a a very successful mating strategy. It's, that's that's that's, that, that's not death.
0: but it's not what.
1: Well, it's it's not. A primate, that's not something you see in primates. I mean, you see it in, in the sense that you will have like a silverback gorilla, right? Who, uh, is in control of a, of, uh, of a troop of females, right? Yeah. And, and he will like go off and attack other males to try to protect his, his females. But that doesn't mean that the females won't go off and copulate with males. They do that all the time they just don't do it while the silverback is around. I mean, so is that like,
0: why all the cheating happens you think because it's just primal it's just innate i
1: don't i don't want to use the word cheating in this context okay i just want Good. to use the word um, we're, we're going to just keep keep in the um, in the successful mating strategy zone for a minute evolution it. right it's just that yep. female primates have developed a very successful mating strategy, which is to pair bond with a male who they know will provide resources and protection so they can raise young. And then they'll go out and seek genetic diversity. And this is really important. Like, as a female, are you really going to put all your eggs, your little, literally, your eggs in one basket? is that going to is that going to provide the greatest survivability of your line well no actually because like there's a chance that that male could have recessive gene right that ends up you know decreasing the survivability of your of your young but if you go off and mate with different with different males as long as you have protection and resources mm-hmm. you're increasing the chance of this you know of, of your offspring being successful right because you have more genetic diversity and that's true. just think about the pandemic think about anything right like yeah the, the the more different your children are in a lot of ways you know you, the greater chance that that at least some of them will be successful so it's, it's very true strategy yeah um and we wouldn't find it in all primate species and a lot of other species if it weren't successful right that's one of the the hallmarks is that these kind of, especially mating, mating social, uh, how 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 species engage in mating practices is very much connected to survival and evolution, right? Because that's a social function. It's not just how your body evolves and, you know, how you yeah. process energy and, you know, how, claws or eyes or see in the dark or whatever. It's basically how do you have your young and what is the most successful strategy for bringing young young children, young offspring in the world. And so anyway, I think that that is the source of female boredom, you know, and a lot of women blame themselves. One of the things that I tried to do is I realized like that I was getting into a really bad pattern it was like, I was trying to find the blame in myself. And then I was looking to to find something wrong with her. And then I, I just tried to step out of that, and I'm like, well, what if it's not that? What if it's just normal there's nothing wrong what if this is just what happens and that was like oh well that's a radical idea
0: light bulb
1: yeah light light bulb
0: bulb. yeah so
1: so i do what i Mm do you know me i just go off and research things yeah i found two huge studies one of them in in britain and one of them in finland when i say huge i mean um, the one in Britain was 1,900 individuals that were tracked for over five years or 1,900 wow. couples. And in Finland, I think it was as many as 6,000. You can find this wow. information on the web if you look it up. And what they found was that after two years of cohabitation, the reported interest in sex by women goes down to 20% of where it was at the beginning.
0: 20%. Yeah. So the I mean, guys had a hundred percent, eighty percent gone.
1: Eighty percent, yeah. So if you're if you're wanting to have sex, you know, uh, five times a week, now you want to have sex one time a week. Men had a drop off of fifty percent, right? So men saw that you saw, you know, you saw like men getting. It's, I call it habituation, right? You get habituated to your partner, right? And so you know your sexual interest in them. Wayne's. Wayne's. Yeah. You know, and I, God, you know, I I look at the, the idea of like, well, let's wear a costume and role play that can help. Right. You can try to stimulate our imagination. And what are you imagining? You're imagining it. Your partner, your sex partner is actually somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. and He's not, you know, my partner anymore. Now he's a doctor or now he's a teacher, you know? And so, you you know, so you're imagining them as someone else. And I think that can extend, you know, the mileage a little bit. But I honestly, I just think that it's, you are pushing against the current, you know? Um, And, uh, you know, I I think that when people look at like, oh, well, this marriage has lasted so long and they're so happy. Well, my guess, and they've never cheated on each other and they've never engaged in weird, you know, different models, like, you know, the lifestyle and swinging or anything or open relationships, but, oh, 40 years in, they're still so happy. I look at that and I go, well, yeah, they... They both are low sex drive people, so they're they're fine. Yeah, they're fine with with they're barely with ever each happening.
0: other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but
1: yeah, sex drive people. I don't. I mean, I don't see how you can keep it going when you cohabitate for years, unless yeah, unless someone's traveling a lot. <laughs> so. But
0: then, when someone's traveling, you're doing you're playing. Well, I
1: mean. Sure. Who knows what happens while they're gone, right? Like okay, yeah. What so my
0: you- question, so here, so what did you guys do in your relate? Okay, so with with this being based on studies, it's out there. It's the reality. We can't. It's, this is it. I mean, come on, yeah,
1: it's the reality. <clears throat> and there, I mean, and and there's, the there's ten a factor that- behind it. You know, that's that's the other thing that you have to remember is that it's it, for women. All the women watching I want you to know like if your sex drive has dramatically decreased since you've been together with your man it's not your fault. There's nothing wrong with you. It's totally Perfect. normal and expected. And what your body is saying is that you <laughs> you need you need something you need something you need a wild dick infusion. <laughs>
0: Pile dick, as you say. I love that term. Let's
1: just say it. Let's just infusion. be honest. Infusion. You need a wild dick infusion.
0: <laughs> love it. There's a dick okay, out well, there on the
1: he- and You got to find it. Get that wild dick. Um, but yeah, so.
0: <laughs> um, how does that happen? How does, I mean, obviously you've researched this. You became on board about this? Well, I mean, it was ultimately,
1: I I looked at it again. I told you I'm not jealous and possessive. So, um, and the, um, so I started looking into solutions. Um, And I had never even considered what is commonly known as the lifestyle or swinging, it had never been something I had been exposed to or that I was curious about. I didn't mm. have like judgment towards it but it had just never been in my zone. Yeah, but you know, based on my my research and searches and stuff I ended up kind of finding it and I got curious and so I was like, well, what happens? Like I wanted to find serious in-depth studies of marital happiness and satisfaction among the swinger population or the lifestyle population compared to the general population. And I wanted real sociologists not something anecdotal like oh we interviewed these 15 people i wanted a questionnaire that was identical in both circumstances the and i found the study and it had yeah. more yes it had more than 2000 individuals and this was against a nationwide survey and i think that there was i think that they had more than 20,000 respondents or 200,000 respondents nationwide i mean just absolutely huge
0: great yeah about,
1: it was about a lot of things. I mean, there's socioeconomic background. How many times per week do you attend church? You know, what's your, what's your political orientation, um, wealth level education, like all that basic socio background. But then there were specific questions about, you know, how much do you have sex? How happy are you with your sex life? How happy are you with your partner? You know, on a, on a scale of one to five. Um, and then, uh, what I found was when you looked at the comparison, that couples that were in the lifestyle were far more happy with their partner, far more happy with their sex life. Divorce rates were far lower. And here's the interesting thing that I found out. I could not believe this, that people in that community were more, much, much more highly educated than the general population. More of them were professionals. They made more money and they were more religious and they... <laughs> And more conservative, they were more religious and conservative. And so I said, "Well, why would that be?" So I started researching the origin of swinging and the lifestyle. And guess what? Do you know this? Nope. Oh, you don't know this. this I don't. I don't. It started during World War II. Oh my gosh! Might have been World, yeah, World War II or the Korean War. So it's like right, like right, like in the fifties. On air force bases, mm. so it was pilots who were going off on high danger, high risk missions, mm-hmm. right? And so they started having swinger parties. That For the sounds. same reason, the man might not come home, and the woman wanted needed to have some sort of intimate connection with other people in her community because wow. she might lose her breadwinner, her social, her social status, and she, and so, and the guys, I think something must have clicked in them too, where they're like, I might not come back. You know, it's not only like, do I need to make sure my wife is taken care of by somebody that she's bonded somewhere, but also I want to have a little (laughs) flair. Yeah. 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 And so I think just this, just the, um, the forces were there to trigger that latent human thing. Right. Yeah. You know, back from hunter gatherer society. Um, so it started in the military. I'm airplane. gonna
0: have to research that. That's awesome. It I did. love yeah, it. Yeah,
1: that's where the lifestyle originated. I love it. The whole keys in the bowl thing, like that, all started. I love it among pilots.
0: And I, I know you've only been introduced to the, during your marriage, but so I was introduced studying it at San Francisco State. So it actually, and I don't want to focus on this because, but I do want to come back to it. Maybe at one point, um, I did do it. With my partners, it was a requirement with my marriages. We It didn't ever start off that way. Start off creating security between the two of us. Right. And then adventurous to keep things going. three right. And threesomes, sums, lots yeah. of parties, all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> and you're right, there's a lot of um, wealthy people. But um, I think the key is, is buy-in. You both have to be bought into it, into that process, even before you're married, because I think the buy in didn't, I didn't ask until after I was married because I didn't know until, I didn't know what, how life was when you were married, right? I didn't know my libido would drop off. I didn't that. know that, right? And it did. And for me, hello, you know, I mean, I like sex. So um, that's when we, I, we started studying that. And, that was a game changer for our marriage, made us last a lot longer. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you know, it was great. It was perfect. So, but then it wasn't, you know what I mean? So it was, and then it wasn't. And I think it was because it wasn't long-term for him and it wasn't going to be that I was not going to be able to do without it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it just made sense. It's- and we were friends. So, huh? this is
1: classic. so this is actually the classic story. Um, it turns out that, uh, I think, like, it's, I think it's as high as ninety percent of couples start up in the lifestyle because the man wants it, oh. and ninety percent of couples leave the lifestyle because the man wants it.
0: Oh, because yeah. the woman wants it.
1: No, the man wants to leave the lifestyle because. So the people that leave.
0: Yes. Are,
1: are, so the, because the people he that wants to leave. are mostly motivated by the man and then the people that leave are also mostly motivated by the man that's so right. it's so then why is that why do you think I mean i, I have my own ideas but
0: <laughs> I think um that women are we're just taught by society school everything that that's and you know you just don't you don't do that because then you're slut. oh my god yeah, it's like you would never do that. But I think that as you learn about life and things, so, but I think, so the, why the man, I think because the libido starts to change and affects him more. So he's the one bringing up the suggestions to make the root libido better. Because if mm-hmm. I watched this lady and I I just, I'm not going to take credit for it because I saw it on the internet, but she, this is perfect from the heart. they. Both couples start at the heart, right? The woman goes upwards if they need to talk and, you know, relate. And the man goes downwards where he needs to communicate from his physical waste. I don't know if that's 100% true, but I don't, know. It, it, it,
1: you I don't like, you know, I don't like, I mean, I don't like the, this kind of men are from Mars, women are from Venus kind of thing. Like I think men need to be stimulated by their mind just as much as women. I think women need sex just as much as men do. I hate this actually, this whole like, oh, men are so motivated by their dick. Girls? Really? Come on. Please. No, we can Will be you very please?
0: motivated.
1: You're very, I mean, I am the biggest pussy tease you ever met, you know? Okay, like, but hold
0: on a second. I, what I feel that a lot of women struggle with that I hear from women is that the guy doesn't know what the fuck to do. And he doesn't know how to please her.
1: That's another good reason to go swinging. You know, he'll, he'll f- figure it out. Like once she's riding some other dude and getting off, you know, it's going to be like, get, you know, up your game, bro. Because like what you're doing is not cutting it. You know, like honestly, and I think that's why men leave because they, they realize they're underperforming. And they can't handle – I mean, I think that there is something called the fragile male ego. That's the elephant in the room, you know. And that's, that's kind of the source of so many relationship problems is the fragile male ego. And guys, if you're watching, like, don't be in denial, you know. You know, when you're, like, looking up and down at another man and comparing yourself to him, whether it's money, physicality, charisma, success, whatever it is you're destroying your ego because you're constantly comparing yourself to other men, you know, and finding yourself lacking in some way. Um, you have to, you have to find your own self-worth and your own value to get past your fragile ego. Cause it's in the way it's fucking everything up and you're in denial about
0: it. Everything. Yeah. And I think women then do the same. Just so you know, I don't, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, comparing the houses, the cars, the rings, the this, the jewelry, the what you wear, blah, blah, blah. And I think the bottom line, like for me, um, I'm, I'm not jealous of anybody. I'm so happy if anyone has anything. I do me, Bubba. This is me. This is my life, how I want to do it. So if you're jealous because I'm doing, you know, I have this and that, I've made it. I created my own, Life and my story and everything. So you could do the same. You're just sitting there being jealous with your head. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I like think you the, said.
1: Yeah, the reason why men get stuck in this trap a little bit more, I think, than women. And I know everybody compares each other and all this stuff, but like I think when it comes to men, it's because, you know, we kind of have this idea of masculinity as being king of the mountain. That it's a competitive, it's more competitive, you know, um, and it's, uh, it's a trap that that competitive world that you're trapped in is a hamster wheel, that's making you unhappy and actually making you weak on the inside where it counts, you know, um, and, Mm -hmm. uh, and you're going to say snarky comments and you're going to, you know, you're going to act like an ass, you know, and you know, you're going to be inappropriate and you're going to get all ticked off and everyone's going to see through it. They're going to see that you have a thin skin. You're just a scared little boy on the inside and you're trying to protect your ego. And you know what? Everybody can see it. There's no way you can hide, you know, while you're nursing your fragile male ego publicly, you're acting like an asshole.
0: Well, how can a male, how can a male fix this? Because you know, that's the biggest thing. You know, how do you fix that? How do they, to, where, where right. do they go?
1: I mean, as a man, you have to just be comfortable with where you're at. That is good. That is good enough. You know you, you know, you can continue to try to improve your life and you must, you know, you must continue to to strive to better yourself and better your life. Right? Every day. However just because you haven't achieved your goals doesn't mean that you're worthless. You know, you are not I mean, in other, other, you know, the thing is like, no matter how much success you have, if you're walking around the fragile male ego, it's going to turn women off. It's, <clears throat> it's the biggest turnoff, you know, mm-hmm. that one of the biggest so turnoffs.
0: I, in man. I, to- let me just say this really uh, just because, um, wow. You just like, boom, hit me off. Psh- like a smack across the face. Um, when I had to quit working because of my health things going on at that time, I was so, I was so such that fragile male ego because <clears throat> I had all these goals set. And at that point they were smashed Done. There was no probability at that point in my life to get to that place ever in my head. So I went through two years of anger because of that, which was totally stupid, right? Today I can say, if you just let that shit go. So much better comes. And my life just got better after I finally let it go. But it took a, it took two years to let it go. So I understand from the men who have to stop working for some reason and their fragile male ego is hurt, you, your life has changed, all these goals and things that you had. Sometimes that new train is a lot better. You just have to go with it.
1: Yeah, you're right. I'm let you collect yourself for a minute.
0: <laughs> it was just a, that was
1: that was a moment.
0: Well, you know that male ego thing when you hit you hit that for me because I I was raising my two boys. I was very driven. I had um, a business. I had stuff going on. I was very driven on what I wanted to accomplish. So, and I knew I was going to do it. Period. I mean, like, I never had a doubt in my mind I was going to accomplish it. So that's why when it hit that I couldn't, it was. So I think that if we can get these men to think that because they get through divorce, you know, and some men get stuck that they were hoping to be married till the end of time. Well, sometimes it's just better to be divorced, you know, do you know what I mean? So their goals, so that fragile male ego, you know.
1: Well, I mean, let's talk about something then. Let's let's actually dig into this, like this psychological topic. I think we're talking about the source of your identity, right? Where yeah. do you, where does your identity and your sense of self really come from? And if you haven't inquired yet, I encourage you to because yes. if, you, <laughs> if you dig into that and you and it's uh, something external to yourself, yes, right? something not intrinsic then that can be taken away from you. Yep. If it's like I went to Harvard, uh, I'm a lawyer, uh, I'm a millionaire, um, I'm I'm handsome or uh whatever, like all those things can be lost. Yes. You know? Every, all those things can be taken away. So at if a New York meaning your sense of self, identity and self-worth from, then just know that you're hanging your hat on nothing can all slip away. And so of course you have to develop, you have to develop yourself and your relationship with yourself and your relationship to something bigger than you too. That isn't about the money that you make, the status that you have, you know, or how handsome or beautiful or how many girls you fucked or whatever it is that you're basing your, your self-worth on. You know, um, if you're bragging about shit, then, you know, you're, you know, you're in the danger zone because like, if you have to, if you have to brag, humble bragging is bragging too, by the way, you know, then that means that you, you are looking for an external source of validation and you know, who does that? Children do that. Okay. Children look for an external source of validation and, you know, you don't have a mom or your daddy anymore, you know, to tell you that you're wonderful no matter what, no matter how ugly your finger painting is, you, you actually have to go out there and do it, you know, and you have to be satisfied and grateful for whatever it is that you're accomplishing in your life, wherever you're at, you know, it's like, Oh, I'm not Elon Musk. I don't have 15 companies and I'm not the richest man on the planet. I hate myself. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. Sure. I'm not the president of the United States. I'm totally, I'm a total failure. I mean, we can, if we keep expanding the or keep moving the goalposts for ourselves, we can end up in a place where we can never be happy. Yeah. Right? Where we'll always exactly. feel less than. Where yes. we'll never be grateful and comfortable with ourselves and our accomplishments in life. So take your wins, take your W's, but also take
0: your L's. You. Yeah. Cause you know what? You More can way. have a, eleven, you know, losses, and you'll have the eighth I'm one will be rich, a win.
1: Just, I've been poor. I've been rich again, and then I've been we, poor again. So yep, what? Ditto. So yeah. what? Yep. I'm, I'm still comfortable. And, Look where I'm living.
0: This is this is me being poor right now. Beautiful. <laughs> I know it's really right. I <laughs> know. I love that. I love that. This is
1: this is my poor mode. This right your
0: poor mode. I love that. Yes, I know. I know. I I know. I I think that was really good that we had that because it wasn't until then that I grew. And I think you're right, sexually. Until men get that taken away and really understand that the fun things about life and that interconnection that's more important when you're really moving through life. I mean, imagine how much better these relationships will be if they don't have that of jealousy, if they don't have that "you're mine, he man" mentality. I mean, imagine, and okay. then the, that and then thinking. the feet,
1: th- buy yeah. I want them back.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, sure. that's mail- it. but yeah. it's. I I think I mean, it, it, I there's an opportunity for people. Um, in this libido research that we got to show them and discuss, and got into more about psychological stuff, which was fabulous. And we're headed up on five fifty-five fifty-five, which I love because I think this information is huge. And I think the next one has to be about relationships. This whole thing is gonna change. So, how do we help people get through? creating better lives. I mean, marriages are going to be different. I mean, like, I think that we shouldn't have long-term marriages. We should reevaluate every year, decide whether or not we're happy. I don't think people should cohabitate. I think we should keep them separate and enjoy the whole fucking stage constantly have your space. Then everyone worries about themselves unless you have well, kids. I think if you, you, do know.
1: Cohabitate, you have to also be open to um, exploring the lifestyle otherwise, or be comfortable with having very little sex. I mean, there's just no other way. Like you can cohabitate. Sure. Um, but that, that, at some point you're going to, it's going to be required that you both have other partners and however you manage to design your life. So that works. It seems they to can- me that most couples have the don't ask, don't tell, or we're cheating on yeah. each other. We're both cheating on each other, but we don't talk about it. And as long as you, you know, as long as it doesn't end up being a problem, then you know like it's so str- it was so strange to me that people who i knew were both cheating on each other and they were serial cheaters were super judgmental of me and my wife getting involved in the lie stuff i'm like and they're like it's just, Wait a minute. It's, just it's just weird it's gross what's wrong with you i'm like
0: how you is guys that are possible both
1: constantly cheating on each other and fighting about it and lying constantly you guys are i mean Destroying your relationship with lying, and um, you know, and you have all these side think- pieces going on all the time. What?
0: Just make it open so that you're well, talking mean, about it. it.
1: It was obvious to me that they they both knew that they needed sex from other people because they were engaging in it all the time, and it, and they refused to admit or acknowledge that the fact that they were lying about it. In order to maintain the pretend idea of them being sexually exclusive, which they neither one was, um, that they were t- destroying their relationship and they're also, I think, their character in the process, right? Because yeah, if, if you if you have an arrangement that's actually an arrangement, like don't ask, don't tell, you know, yeah. or. There's like hall passes. Hey, when you're out there, you've got a hall pass. I don't want to hear about it. If ever comes home, you're fucking in trouble, right? Yes. In any way, if, if I if I see photographs on your phone or some random chick is calling me, calling you, and I find out about it, or there's an ongoing emotional attachment. But if you've got yep. some action somewhere in a city, as long as I don't know about it, I'm fine. That's yep. an arrangement. You're honest. And then someone's not going to be asking, well, where were you? What were you doing? And then you're like, oh, I was out with my coworkers you're fucking lying through your teeth. And yeah, you exactly. Because you're lying. Well, you could have an arrangement. There's lots exactly. of ways to skin this. There's lots of ways to skin this cat, right? That's
0: Some how people, we did it. We verbally yeah. had an agreement about how it would work, how it affected the kids, where it would go, where it would stay, and when it would affect the relationship. We made we made a full list on about yeah. how it was I mean, going to work. You have to.
1: You have to. You have to be very clear about your agreements and your boundaries and what are the contingency plans for when different things happen right yes and, and, cuz otherwise it's not clear and someone ends up getting pissed off cuz they had a different idea right especially if one of the one of you know one, one part of the couple is is more manipulative than the other they're going to look for like you know little loopholes or try to manipulate the agreement in a certain way oh well you never said oh well i'm going to construe what you said this way you know and i'm going to hold this oh. against you like that's all you know, you have other problems in your relationship that you need yeah. to deal with before you start addressing your sex stuff.
0: Yes. If, yes. You know,
1: if the reality is that your relationship is good, you know, you know, you don't have either party kind of emotionally abusing, gaslighting or manipulating the other one and you have good communication, then by all means, give it a try. Honestly. Yeah. Like, yeah. like guys, I'll tell you something. I want to tell you, like what I went through in order to get to myself before I even brought it up with my wife, right? Okay. I forced myself to visualize her riding some guy and orgasming and enjoying herself. Right? Ah. I had to do that. I did that to myself more than a hundred times. Really? So it got to the point was where Was it painful? It, was it painful? Oh yeah, it was terrible. Okay. Yeah, of course. You know, I mean, that's that's something that you have to overcome before you even step into that the possibility of that space. You have to overcome, you know, that hurt of seeing your partner having sex with someone else um, and enjoying themselves. Like it's not just having sex, that they're loving it because they will. Of course they will. It's wild dick. It's so fun. They finally get some wild dick. It's what they've been wanting all this time, and they finally have it. And no one's going to get mad at them for it, you know. And guess what, guys? You get to have you get to have your fun too. You get to see your girl make out with other girls. You get to have some sex with another girl. And this is the thing that most people don't get. It's a team sport. That was what really made it work for us. Was that we approached it as a team, and we would even play a little game where we would say, "Let's put some points on the board for Team Dufo," which would mean that. We're approaching it as a team, and so we're trying to get them off so hard, right, that if I get the girl off so hard, then I'm putting points on the board for Team Dufault. And if, she didn't, if she's getting the guy off super hard, you know, and he's losing his shit, then, then she's putting points on the board, board for Team Dufault, and then we would compare, right? That's we, awesome. Morning, We had our a- apres screw, you know, conversation. So the apres screw conversation was... You- was the recap of the of the of the prior evening, and and who got points on the board when?
0: You that's know, awesome.
1: Laughing about it, and even when that's things funny. like the other thing that I thought was fun was that a lot of times things don't go right, which is which is okay, and uh, and it's hilarious. Honestly, There's, you have stories for days because yes, you know, more than half the time things go wrong, but it's fucking sex. Like it's not you know it's not like surgery.
0: <laughs> <All> right, <laughs> It's funny. What 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 kind of stories what goes wrong?
1: Oh my god. Um well for her she she had certain requirements when it came to penises. They didn't have to be huge, but like she wasn't down with small penises or skinny penises at all. And so if she if there was a, there was there were times when there would be a misrepresentation about the package and um and I would already like there was one time when I we were already The girl just went after me. Before I knew it, she was putting a condom on and she was riding me. My wife and the other guy even got to like uh, second base, right? Oh my god! The girl was very vocal, so she's riding me and she's like making all these noises, you know. And it was like it was so fast; it was like five minutes in. So, like, so find some. I'll do something.
0: Don't worry, I got it.
1: So she looks over, and um. This woman is making all this noise. She kind of was annoyed, but she decided she's going to go with this. Like she's about to go down on him and she pulls out the package. And it's like this seriously, very skinny, very skinny dick. And I could, I, she just glared. She turned at me and she glared and she just made this motion. And the guy jumped up and fled.
0: Which was, he did the, like, uh, his hand across. out of like- here. Like, screw oh, this. No. Done. Oh yeah, and so what did that do to him? Oh, he just jumped up and left, like he
1: was so embarrassed. His girlfriend is still riding me, right? And he leaves the room because he was so embarrassed. Fragile male ego, yeah, left left his girl riding another dude's penis because he was so embarrassed because the girl that he was supposed to be with rejected him, right? And then it's hard, dude. It's hard, and you know. Anyway, so you shouldn't be shouldn't be misrepresenting your size when that's on the on the on the table as a requirement. On
0: the table.
1: But yeah. When girls talk about that, it's very real. And, you know, it's not going to be forgiven if if you misre- if you make misrepresentations.
0: But, yeah, so, and then if you if you do and then you're you're rejected, whose fault is it? It's really yours. Come on. You anyways, misrepresent.
1: The, the, the funny the funny ending to that story is the girl didn't want to stop. She was having so much fun. So it was obvious that the, like her guy is gone. You know, my girl is like, we're out of here. And she's trying to, while she's still riding me, right? She's trying to talk my girl back, trying to talk my girl into it. She, just go talk to him. I'm sure it'll be okay. Maybe you can join us. I was just like, I was like, because I'm just sitting there like watching the whole thing go down. I'm like, and, and finally she was like, she was like, get off, get off of him right now. <laughs>
0: It was because you were bigger than her. her uh, your, of your. Yeah, husband. I mean, she,
1: I mean, whatever. She was enjoying. She was enjoying the, the wild dick infusion. I mean, it of was course, just. Yeah. Was,
0: she That's didn't want to stop. Yeah.
1: She was get, She was, but she was milking it, and I think the. And then, and then my girl in the car. She was like, she was like, she knew that was going to happen. That's why she moved so fast. I was like, maybe, but she, you know what? She still got a taste. So, you know, that was. <laughs> She knew like, like, hey, she had a limited amount of time. She had to move.
0: Hurry, hurry. <Yeah. laughs> so. Racing to go over there. That's hilarious.
1: Yeah. But anyway, so, I mean, it's, uh, I think that's, a, I think we covered a lot of topics, you know, got yeah. into some fun stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Libido is a big deal. And I think, um, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep this as one big video for everyone. And okay. because, um, we stayed with libido and I think we'd we be but it was super good. A lot of good funny. information. Yeah. And I, I think that the men out there and the female that are cohabitating in relationships might think a little bit differently about their relationships and what it looks like. Cause
1: I think the most important piece of information is it's not your fault. Ladies, I'm looking at the ladies If you are cohabitating with a man and your sex drive is low and he's dissatisfied and you think it's your fault, it is not your fault. That's nice. But you guys got to figure out a plan on how to get, you know, get everybody into a happy place. Girls, you deserve what you want. And if you're honest with yourself, you want some variety, but you want to do it in a way that's safe and doesn't undermine your, 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 your healthy normal, your healthy emotional attachment. To your man, you don't want to hurt him or his feelings, but the truth is, sexually, for you to get reactivated, the you either need to move out or get a wild dick infusion and do it in a way that doesn't hurt your man, which means not on the sly, but have an honest conversation um, about some of the things we brought up. And see if you can find some middle ground where everybody can have some adventure and excitement. I mean, this again is, is recreational Bitch. sex. It, it should not be the focus of your life at all. If it happens once or twice a month, that's actually frequent. But even if it happens once a month, believe me, your sex life afterward is going to be that was my experience. Every Crazy. Th- every time we would go out and do that, even if it wasn't a super successful experience, it would supercharge our sex life for several weeks afterward. Um, so it does work, I can tell you. Like, and you're also you're nodding, so.
0: One hundred percent. Let me, yeah. Let us give between the two of us. You have probably some good ground rules and some things for people oh, to okay. have. So maybe why don't you give us list what you have, and then I'll just add on what I think.
1: Do you just want to keep going with this talk, and if you want to split it up or something, or you just keep it as one um, big? I just want to
0: I just want to give them the, this list, and then okay. we'll end it.
1: I mean, because I a, can close it's a, this Like list. the the kind of how to move into that world the right way is kind of a big topic.
0: Then uh, let's do it. That's perfect. Then let's close this one.
1: Okay. I'll, the, I'll, yeah.
0: I'm gonna. I'm gonna stop it. Okay. Okay. Let's stop it. Say goodbye to everyone. Thank you for joining me, Sky. Again, I totally appreciate. This is so fun. So fun. And wow, breakthroughs all the time. Love breakthroughs. Super fun stuff. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. But it it just makes me amazed because like I, even though I had that kind of that, that ego and all that, all that stuff, I was still able to do all that other fun stuff and have fun. But, um, I'm just glad that you kind of like, But bang, you just blew it up. But yeah, so thank you. I just love talking to you. You're like my big brother. All right, honey, you have a good one. Bye. And that's a wrap, folks. Thank you for joining me on today's exhilarating podcast of Let's Talk About Sex. If you loved what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, make sure to hit that subscribe button, like, and follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Don't miss out on our future episodes packed with even more tips, tricks, and tantalizing discussions. Got something to share or a burning question? I want to hear from you. Send me a message on social media or in my email. Your thoughts and stories and feedback mean the world to me, and I can't wait to hear from each and every one of you. Remember, your sexual empowerment journey doesn't end here. Keep exploring, keep growing, and keep embracing your fabulous, authentic self. Until next time, this is Stephanie Smith signing off. Stay adventurous, stay safe, and stay sexy.